What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. As some of y'all may know, I have been supplementing some of Calder's feedings with Bobby over the past four months, and we have been loving it. One of the main reasons why we chose Bobby when we knew we were going to add formula to Calder's feeding is because of their high quality ingredients and simple recipe. As the only mom-led and founded infant formula company in the U.S. with an organic European-style recipe that meets all FDA standards, they continue to set the bar as the leading clean infant formula. And they recently have received the Clean Label Project Purity Award and pesticide-free certification. This is huge. And really what this means, the Clean Label Project, it evaluates products for substances that would never be found on the product label. So things like heavy metals, pesticide residues, and plasticizers. And the fact that Bobby received this award gives me the confidence as a parent and the peace of mind knowing that what Calder is getting and ultimately what's going into his body contains all the ingredients that his body needs and nothing that it doesn't. So if you're in need of a high quality formula to feed your baby, Bobby definitely has my stamp of approval. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E to order yours today and use promo code Dylan Murphy 10 so you can get 10% off. Welcome back to the Free Method podcast. Today I am joined by a friend of mine, Blake Blake and Beckler. Did I say your last name right? <laughs> I was thinking back to you've been on the podcast before, actually. Yeah. And I feel like when I introduced you the first time, I was like, eh, how do we say it? <laughs> Blake and Beckler. Um, Blake is a psychodynamic therapist and she specializes in anxiety, trauma, and eating disorders. And she's had successful practices in LA, Austin, and now she lives in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, And today we're going to talk a lot about just the dynamics of friendship, which Blake, I Mm -hmm. consider an expert on, on friendship. So thank you. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I, I literally, as I was doing your intro, I was like, oh, she has been on the show before. Um, So if you haven't listened to her first episode. I don't even know what number it was, but it's somewhere. Neither do I. If you just scroll, you'll back. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to start, I would love for you just, I know you probably, again, I should have listened to your episode before to even see what you said, but that honestly might've even been like in the beginning of, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like a lot probably has even changed since then. Like you, yeah, maybe we're either living in LA or Austin at the time. And yeah. Anyway, a lot has changed. So tell our listeners just a little more about you. Um, yeah. However much or little you want to say. 
Amazing. Yes. I think when we recorded, I was, I had just moved to Austin. Yeah. And I think that's right. I, we didn't know my husband, I married my husband. And I did not know it was going to be that short, but it was short yeah. and sweet. And now we live in Charleston. Yes. So we're oh. here to stay. We're not doing any more moving. <laughs> um, but yes, I have a private practice. It's called Big Holistic Psychotherapy. Um, and yeah, we do a lot of, you know, like depth work of, um, looking at the unconscious, looking at defense mechanisms and just really helping people like live much more free lives, which I know that you do as well, um, in the dietitian world. And yeah, it's just so it's hard work, but it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And then out of doing all of this and working with people literally all over the country, I noticed this theme and I think it was really heightened with COVID. Yeah. Um, this theme of like, how do we be, how, what is friendship? What is friendship in our twenties and thirties? Like, oh crap, no one knows how to make friends anymore, especially after COVID. Oh my gosh. And all of these like little nuances that we never talk about, of just kind of noticing even in the people I work with, like, oh, we're allowed to do conflict with like set boundaries with like the people or the people in our families or the people we're married to or dating. But like this whole idea of boundaries and friendship kind of was this unexplored, but necessary yeah. terrain. And so that's what I've been doing a lot is just really exploring, like, what's it mean to be an authentic friend? How do you become a better friend? How do you engage in better friendships? When is it time mm-hmm. to leave friendships? Mm-hmm. All that, all yeah. that good, messy stuff. Gosh, because I feel like it is so interconnected with like everything in our lives. Like I know yeah. with the clients I have where, you know, we're primarily working with like eating disorders and body image, but I mean, we have so many conversations around friendship because it, it plays such a role in our behaviors. And I think we can be so mm-hmm. influenced by our friends, which I guess could be a good or a bad thing. And yeah, yeah. thinking about how that impacts so many aspects of your life. I think a lot about like that. What is it? We become like the five people we spend the most time Mm -hmm. with. And so, yeah, Yeah. that that whole idea of it can work. That can be an incredible thing, or that Mm -hmm. can be an incredibly detrimental thing for us. Mm. What do you see? And maybe, yeah, especially in these like post COVID times, like what makes it hard for people to make friends? And I guess, especially like those, like after college, like twenties and thirties and even beyond. I think this is, I look a lot at research and just what's happening is so before, so while we were in college and while we were in high school and before that we were always with our peers, like literally we'd spent hours and hours with them. And I think about college too, we had like you know, you could be with your friends so spontaneously at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday or 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. And you'd have these really fun memories together. Um, The older you get, the responsibilities, like you're a new mom. You might be up at 2 a.m., but it's not with your friends. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) not at all. That was a realization I had a few months ago. I was like, wow, back in the day, I was up at this time with friends and now I'm feeding a child. (laughs) Quite different. Yeah. And the time for just kind of spontaneous interaction is different. Uh, Studies are showing we spend so much more time at home with our kids. We spend so much more time with our families. And within history, this is the least amount of time we spend with our friends than ever before. 
which makes sense. Yeah. And it's this like paradoxical thing of research says like the, one of the best indicators of a fulfilled life. And I don't mean happy life as in like, everyone's good, but like a rich, Mm -hmm. meaningful, supportive life is your relationships, which Mm -hmm. include your friendships. Yeah. And so it's this ironic thing that the thing that makes us Mm -hmm. the most fulfilled is also the thing we're giving the least amount of time Mm to, Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, it or, or you were asking, it's also really awkward and hard. Like people are not meeting together anymore. There's kind of these, as someone who's like moved a lot, I noticed yeah. like they're kind of these cliques that form and then it's like, they're mm-hmm. closed, mm-hmm. <laughs> closed to the general population. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it just takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. showing up places consistently to really make a group of yeah. friends. So yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it depends on like different personality types where like some people, you know, may feel comfortable to like go to this, like hang out at a friend's house and they don't know anyone there. And some people it's like, that's their worst nightmare. And yeah. So I could see, especially again, in like those like post-college years, like it's so hard. And I mean, I've even found this with like now having a kid, like it's easy to just get stuck in like the comfort of your own home or even having a kid. It's like, okay, I can go hang out with my friends, but now I have to think through like a million other things of like, am I going to bring Calder? Do we need a babysitter? Like, there's just so many other hoops where sometimes it's Mm -hmm. like, it'd be easier just to stay home. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's so many things that can impact it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a messy, messy situation these days and, and throw in some social anxiety. Like, yeah, uh, I'm going to stay at home. <laughs> yes. Yes. Have you seen, and I guess even in like research, you've studied like social anxiety, like any correlation with like shutdown during COVID and now it like increasing more, like, is there any study on that? Well, I think there's just a lot more hypervigilance mm-hmm. and that makes it harder to, I mean, just thinking from a nervous system standpoint, like it just makes it harder to just kind of be and relax and there's more of a like alertness and scanning Mm -hmm. and so just like letting yourself be is Mm -hmm. really challenging which is why so it's like we meet these new people and it's like oh my gosh it was just so stinking awkward Mm -hmm. um but I really love this research that these people did that I often share it's called the liking gap Uh And I think it's really good for for those of us that struggle with being awkward and all this social anxiety since Mm -hmm. not interacting, um, you know, in the general public. Mm -hmm. And basically what they did is this research uh, found they put these groups of strangers together and had them talk to each other, just like casual conversation. And they had Mm -hmm. the person, one group, like rate themselves, basically, Mm -hmm. how do you think that you were just perceived? And the group by and far was like, oh my gosh, I was so awkward. Like I, they probably didn't like anything about me, like super, super critical on themselves. Mm-hmm. But then they did re- then, then they studied the other side of the people that were actually talking to, to these people. And they're like, no, I really like them. Wow. Like I really enjoyed this conversation, yeah. like not mm-hmm. a sense of criticalness. Like, mm-hmm. and so there was a huge, so that's why it's called the liking gap is because there's a huge gap. People are much more critical on themselves, but how they're mm. actually experienced is far better. So just remember, wow. you're more yeah. likable than you yes. uh, are, than your, yes, awkwardness yes. tells you. Uh, which I feel like that's a good segue even into like 
how even like our body image or like our relationship with food can have such impact on friendships too. I know I have a lot of conversations with yeah. people like they cancel plans because they're not feeling great in their body. And so they feel like people are going to judge mm-hmm. them or they're worried their friends aren't going to want to be friends with them. Um, which kind of even sounds similar there of like, I doubt their friends are even thinking about that. And if they are, it's like, those probably aren't good friends to have. Um, yeah. But yeah, what do you see in that realm of like how, I mean, maybe even a, a question off of that too, is like how your circle of friends could even like impact your own like body image, dieting choices, that sort of thing. Hugely. I would say there's a gift of getting, we'll start at the good and work back. Yeah. The gift <laughs> of getting older mm-hmm. is it feels um, like there's so much more neutrality Mm -hmm. and within our bodies and within food choices, um, at least that's my experience. And so it's been so like, I just say that to offer hope to people who, especially I think about like sorority houses are some of the most toxic places. Yeah. Like, oof, um, that there is hope and that there are spaces where that's not the main thing. I, you know, I think it was you or, uh, yeah, someone on your team shared like dieting starts what at like uh nine, ten years old. Yeah, in eight girls. years old. Eight years. Oh gosh. So yeah. let's think about that. Like eight years old. That means that like children, like babies are mm-hmm. with their peers, with their friends, mm-hmm. and they're talking about yeah. how they hate their bodies. I I I literally remember, I mean, it's summertime. I was in a swimsuit. I was with a group of girls on a tennis court. And I remember like, you know, it was cold because we had yeah. just gotten out of the pool and I like curled up in a ball and I looked down and I see stomach rolls. Mm. I was like, and I just remember blurting out like, oh my gosh, I'm fat. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. where did I learn this? Yeah. Um, but it's just in the lot. Like I, I, it's kind of, we have to realize like we are raised in these very self-objectified waters. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about, uh, body image and friendships. I think a lot about what Brene Brown calls like common enemy intimacy. Mm. She uses the phrase to talk about like friend or friendships or people that you know, where you talk about things you hate or people you hate together. Like, Oh, our boss, like what an asshole, what have you. (laughs) Um, And what I really see, especially within friendships and body images, like the common enemy enemy is our bodies. Mm, yeah. Like, and that becomes a sense of connection of like, oh yeah, I hate this too. Like I'm mm. trying like, and just this really toxic, like mm. gaggle of like, here's how I'm dieting. Here's what yeah. I'm doing. And it just becomes this really unhealthy ploy of competition, mm. of jealousy, of mm. it just plays out in very like subtle ways. Like who's going to Who's going to get the salad? Who's going to spend the least amount on food? Um, I see this so much when friends hang out, like a friend is hungry, Mm -hmm. but does not want to actually say, Hey, I'm hungry. Can we go grab some food? Mm -hmm. And so before you know it, they've hung out for six hours and there has been no food consumed. Yeah. And a binge happens later that night. Like, it just happens in these really subtle, sneaky ways where, um, yeah, it can be really damaging and sad. Yeah. I love that you brought that up about just like hunger and, and food choices. Cause I have seen this a lot and I believe there's even research on this of like when you're eating with friends, like if you're out to eat 
And let's say in your mind, you're like, I'm going to get the hamburger. Like that sounds so good. And everyone else at the table orders a salad. Like you're going to order a salad. Like you're going to be like, I can't order that like quote unquote bad thing. And so then you're eating something that you don't want and probably is going to lead you to like overeat binge sometime later in the day. Um, but it just, mm-hmm. it's so interesting how our choices can be so impacted by our friends. Um, and I think I love that idea of what do you, the common enemy, intimacy. common enemy intimacy. Yes. Cause I think that is so true. It, the image that came to mind for me is like when you're in like a bridal party and like all the bridesmaids are getting dressed, they're putting on the dresses. And I think it's so common for people to be like, oh my gosh, my arms look horrible or like this or that. Like, uh, and then it can almost be seen as like vain or like conceited to even be like, oh, I look really pretty. Like to kind of say like, to get, I like how I look. Yeah. Like yeah. that scene is like conceited where it's like, we need to like be encouraging ourselves and other people. But like the way that we speak to ourselves plays a huge impact. that was like the vision I just like picture all these bridesmaids standing in front of the mirror or like a sorority house I mean that's I mean oh uh, geez anywhere get a group of girls together anywhere it doesn't even have to be girls but I mean I think that's like what I picture and it's so easy to like tear apart our bodies and that to be like a mutual almost like a bonding thing or like the dieting like you said yeah like it's this and and that's why I love that phrase of like intimacy where it feels like there's a sense of connection Mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually lead to anything like it doesn't it's not a nourishing connection yeah and like speaking of bridesmaids dresses I was just in a wedding of a dear friend of mine you know there's so many all of our uh brides so (laughs) they got married two, three years ago. They just had, they did, they mm-hmm. did kind of a thing on their own because COVID oh. had just happened. Mm-hmm. And so we had ordered our bridesmaids dresses like in 2019, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think 2019. And so, and it's kind of funny. I lived in California when I first ordered it. So this dress has traveled with me to Austin and now to <laughs> Charles. <laughs> and I remember my friend so graciously emailed all of us, like all of these details, because it was a, um, a few weeks ago. And I just so appreciated how she phrased it. She said, Hey, want to check in? It's been three years. Mm-hmm. Our bodies have changed. Mm-hmm. How are we all feeling mm-hmm. about these dresses? Do we need anything? Like people that had babies, yeah. people were pregnant. Yeah. Like there was a lot of, and I just loved the impetus on like the reality that like this crazy thing that we've all gone through, like we are changed by it and yeah. our bodies might look different. They yeah. probably do look different and like, welcome. Yeah. Like, like who cares? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. I felt so cared for in that moment that it wasn't like, get on a diet, fit in your dress, yes. but like, what do we need? Yeah. To, what do we need to do? Are there things mm-hmm. that we need to shift? Yeah. So there are ways to, yeah, mm-hmm. there are ways to grow out of that kind of like icky. Yes. Uh, I love that. And I feel like that's such a gentle way. And I think bridesmaid, I mean, gosh, I feel like I talk about that a lot just because a lot of the clients I work with are kind of in that season of like being in a lot of weddings and, and babies and all of that. But I think bridesmaid dresses are one of those things too, where it's like, okay, I bought this in 2019. It doesn't fit now, but there's a solution. I can get it resized um, or altered. And so I think it sounds like she did a great job of like just phrasing it where it's like, it's okay if you, if it doesn't fit. And even so kind of going off of this conversation, like for the person listening, who's maybe like, okay, I recognize that in my friend group, like how do I kind of in a sense, like call out or 
can't remember if it's Brene Brown. Someone talks about the concept of like calling in versus like calling out. Like, how do I like call in my friends of like, let's not talk to our bodies this way or like kind of like shining a light on it because I also think it's just can always be like so habitual for people where they may not even realize like, oh yeah, like every time my friends and I get together, all we talk about is like our bodies. We gossip about people. The we food hate, choices we, are made. Food, yeah. like, we just like, do the same thing over and over again. And it's exhausting. So what, what would that look like for someone listening? Who's like, okay, I want to kind of like, I want to change that in my friends. Like, where do I even start? Um, what would be some like practical things someone could do? I am a really big fan. This old school psychologist always says strike when the iron is cold, Mm, meaning like not in the heat of the moment. Yes. Yes. Being like, we need to stop talking about this. <laughs> like, shut up. Uh, <laughs> that ends That's up being like a one. little shaming. Yeah. Um, but I think just even starting, and this takes bravery and courage, and mm-hmm. you're going to feel anxious saying this, like, welcome. Great yeah. opportunity to yeah. grow that frustration, or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, frustration tolerance. Mm-hmm. And just naming to your group of friends, like, hey, I've noticed like we've talked about this a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's the kindest thing for us. Like, could mm-hmm. we try? to like, we don't, and, and even naming, I, I love the, the sense of like body neutrality. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need you to love your body. I don't need you mm-hmm. to like talk about how I don't like, that's not, that's not, but what if we like didn't yeah. talk about our bodies? Yeah. Like, what if we didn't talk about what food choices we were making? Mm-hmm. Like, and we just like talked about other really great things that are going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a really gentle, like, Hey, what, we, we don't have to do this. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that is so caring and kind. Um, and that's part of the thing that I noticed is like, you can have boundaries with your friends. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can yeah. say like, Hey, it's just not helpful for me to talk about this. And even mm-hmm. if it feels okay, describe like, Hey, I've been doing some work recently mm-hmm. and I've just noticed like my critical voice around food and body image is not great. And I'm really trying to work on it. And so something that could be helpful is if we could just not criticize our bodies when we're together, yeah. like what it, we don't have to it, just really simple. I mean, it's easy to say hard to do, yeah, for but sure. just gentle things like that. Like, Hey, can we just try shifting the conversation? Mm-hmm. No one's bad. Like, yeah. And, and that's what the thing is. I, I say to anybody who's listening this to this, who might be one of the people who are, who is, constantly saying like oh my gosh I feel so fat or I don't Mm -hmm. like this like I don't think that that's bad I think that that's just a like you are you've been brought up in kind of these self-objectified waters of even yeah so Mm. just gentle gentle nudges of like this isn't helpful yes what about what do you say to clients around this too like how do you offer that I say, it's funny. I say like very similar things of like, even I think what can be helpful is kind of like planning before, which is even kind of the point, the, Mm -hmm. one of the points Mm -hmm. of my question of like, instead of just like in the heat of the moment, you're just kind of acting off of emotions. You're not even, you haven't really thought through what you're going to say. Cause that's where it may be. Like, it may come off harsher. It may come off more. You're in the wrong. I'm right. Um, so yeah, I think, like thinking through it before talking to your friends about it in a more like neutral setting and making it very much like a, a we thing versus like 
y'all talk about your bodies a lot and it annoys me or it like not making it kind of like we're all on the same yeah. side of the table here. Like I struggle with this too. Um, but yeah, I think even just pointing out, like, I don't think we're speaking kindly to our bodies and I think we yeah. could like, speak more kinder to it, but also at the same time, I love the idea too, like you said, of like the neutrality aspect of like, but maybe that feel like maybe trying to like speak kindly feels like fake and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just not even like talk about it. And I think what can be helpful, I can't remember. I feel like it might've been, I don't, you know, Catherine DeFada when you, I feel like, you know, maybe knew her when yeah, you were there. She yeah, used to be a yeah, Um, yeah. She talks a lot about with boundaries, like a bound, I'm going to like phrase it wrong. Like a boundary without a consequence is just a suggestion. And so I think with that talking about like, okay, I'm bringing this up. So then maybe once you bring it up, if it does happen in the moment, there is like a gentle way that you could kind of even like redirect of like, Hey, remember, like, let's try and like, like something you could bring up to like gently, like shine light on like, Hey, we're talking about our bodies. Like, let's, yeah. let's talk about something different or even just like, like what are you thinking. excited about? What yes. are you like? <laughs> yes. Cause even like, that's what I tell my clients of like in those moments, you don't even, it may not even be saying like, Hey, let's not talk negatively about our bodies. It may just be like, changing the subject and maybe it feels like so random of like your friends talking about their body and then you're like what do you have going on this week or like whatever the question may be but I think just like changing the subject um to kind of help align with those boundaries can be really helpful um yeah because gosh I mean that it's such such a common thing and I think it's something that's like probably, I mean, we talked a minute ago about how, you know, a lot of us start diets or even just awareness of our bodies when we're eight years old. And so probably in your friendships, since you were eight, if not younger, there's been talk around your bodies, talk around diets. And then gosh, add in now, like social media stuff, like it just, it's hard. It's like, you're trying to break this habit. That's like so deeply rooted. So I think also with that showing like yourself and your friends, grace of like, okay, this is like a journey. This is an evolution we're going to go through together. Um, but I think it'll also yeah. let people see like deeper layers of their friends. Well, there's so much more to our friendships. Like mm -hmm. I was thinking a few years, um, there was in, she was like a pretty profound author. Uh, mm -hmm. She passed away. It was Rachel Held Evans. And I watched her funeral and it was just like, so sad, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And as I watched it, I was like, oh, isn't this interesting? No one once said like, mm -hmm. I loved Rachel because she had the smallest pants size yes. and she just lived mm -hmm. in the smallest body. Mm -hmm. Like there was no converse. There was yeah. no, nothing about the size of her body. Mm -hmm. And I know that with my friends and the people, the women that I admire and the men I admire and just the folks all around, like, I don't think about, I think about their body because it's like what they look like, but it's yeah. not the pretense of how I, how I like love them or withhold. Yes. And I did ask this interesting question to folks and one person responded and they're like, I am the largest body of my friend group. Mm -hmm. And so when we do go out to eat, I hold a lot of shame and I don't feel like I can indulge mm -hmm. or I can order what I want. Um, and so I'm always ordering the healthiest thing on the menu because I don't want my friends to judge me. Mm -hmm. Like, and so it goes both ways. So we have to look yeah. at even things like 
thin privilege and what's it mean yeah. to be in a smaller body or a larger body, all of that. So I don't think it's just, it's, we have to be cognizant of, are we making two safe spaces yeah. for people who like for all different kinds of bodies? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I think that's so, so true where it's in that. Cause I could see that too. If like someone who is in like a thin body, like talking negatively about their body. And then they have friends who like that friend knows they're in a larger body than they are. Like it doesn't discount like how that person in the thin body feels in their body. Cause you know, body image, negative body image can impact sure. anyone. But I mean, that can be hard of like, Oh, well, if she thinks that about her body. Like what like, is she oh, me? Like, what yeah. is she saying? Um, so I think even just being like, mindful about that. And I think that's where just like not talking about bodies at all can be like powerful because it doesn't lead way to that, like miscommunication or anything. Talking about bot, not talking about bodies and even getting like, I'm sure some of the work that we both do is like, where did you learn that this was the only way to be good? Like your friends, you know, and even just relearning, like your friends do not love you because of Mm -hmm. the size of your body. Mm -hmm. And if they do, like we just said, yeah, to get something new friends because that's not good. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah. I've been like, if like just thinking through of my like core like best best friends, like I don't know their pant size, I don't know how much they weigh, yeah. I don't like choose. Their I don't want to know. No, it's like I don't. I don't care. Like, sure, there's some yeah. I may be able to borrow clothes from, but I some I may not, so I don't know. Um, but it's it's like who cares? Like that's literally not, not at all why I'm friends with someone and our bodies can change. I mean, I had a baby eight months ago, so obviously yeah. my body is like very different than it was four years ago, let's say. And so, I mean, if you're picking friends because of how their body looks, it's like, well, what if that friend's body changes? <laughs> like, are you, yes. just, what? what's going to happen? <laughs> um, so I think it can be good to kind of just like check yourself of like, why, like, what is the reason I choose friends? Like, am I like choosing people that like look like me? I don't know. I think it, it can just be a good thing to think about. And I think, I mean, funerals can be a great example. Cause it's like, no one is going to like stand at your funeral and say like, I was her friend because she weighed X amount of pounds or like wore. And if that was a reality, like we have yeah. very big problems. Yes. It's like <laughs> you would roll over in your grave. Like what in the world? Like, yeah. It's like we, yeah. Call me, call us. We need to talk. Yeah. And I think just doing this makes it safer for people who are in larger bodies mm-hmm. to exist. And there's not shame and stigma. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just so much has to happen. One of my favorite things I will say, this is like, um, that I talk about a lot is when ordering food, you literally went to it. Like, you know, that study that's like, yeah, if you're the last to go and you want a hamburger and everyone's just gotten a salad, like you're yeah. not getting a hamburger, yeah, no. but there's just a sense of like, can you slow down with your friends? Can you stay with yourself for a second? Mm-hmm. Can you like notice what you actually want to eat? Mm-hmm. And can you breathe and can you not pay it? Can you kind of not pay attention to them for a few seconds and just Mm -hmm. let yourself get what you want? I find that that is a great and just experiment with what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Like it'll be awkward to get something Mm -hmm. different, but I find there's something really kind about letting ourselves want what we want and have what we have and and letting ourselves take in in front of our friends. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, I think it can be a lot more healing than like, keeping the cycles of like, I'm going to get the green thing on the, 
on the menu, yes. which yes. salads can be very good. I don't want to hate sure. on salads, but yes. it's like the people... motivation behind yeah. choosing them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and I think that even leads to like not commenting on people, your like friends' food choices either, because in that situation, yes. what I could also see is like all the friends order salad. You do like, you knew you wanted the hamburger. So you ordered that hamburger and then your friends are like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I could have a hamburger, like whatever people may say. And it also, I mean, to kind of like reverse the example, like maybe you genuinely want a salad, all of your friends order the hamburger and you still order the salad. Like it's so easy for like people in those moments, like, like you're so good, quote unquote, like you're so healthy, like knowing like you can order whether it's the salad or the hamburger, who cares, but like order what sounds good to you. And then also like not making, like not giving food morality, because then that could even add more anxiety to that kind of decision. And I feel like some of that even roots about like being different, like whether it's food or whatever else it may be, but it's like, can I belong? Do I need to fit in? Yes. And can I really pay attention and even noticing, are there friends where it's easier for me to, or like even just using it as a litmus test, are there friends that I'm with them one-on-one that Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to just order what I want Mm -hmm. and there's not talk of it and it's good. And it's not like, there's not a lot of anxiety or, you know, anticipation. Like we order our food, we eat it. It was good. We talk about how good it was and we move on. Or yeah. are there friends that if I'm with them one-on-one, like I do find myself more mm-hmm. hypervigilant and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to get? Are they going to judge me? Like, and just even noticing that, mm-hmm. like, are there friends yeah. that it's safer for me to be and want what I want? Are there friends that are mm-hmm. less safe and the less safe ones, like maybe choose activities where yes, like food is involved. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great, cause I think that even goes with what we were talking about with like setting boundaries, bringing up conversations, like even seeing like, okay, are there friends that this would be easier to do first? And then maybe as I build up my confidence, yeah. then I can also do it with those friends that like are a little bit harder to do that around, but it's okay to start with like friends who may yes. be like easier to like have those conversations or make those choices with. Yeah. Make, make it a winnable Yes. Exercise. Yes. (laughs) Well, Blake, I know you have a friendship deck coming out soon. I I would love for you to tell our listeners about it. Cause I know me personally, I'm like, okay, tell me when I, when it's available to order. So tell us more about it. Part of the reason I wanted to create it is because there's more to talk about than food. I mean, there are definitely like food questions in it, but they're Mm -hmm. around like really beautiful, like yeah. Fun, playful things. Like what'd you eat in middle school? Like what was in your yeah. lunchbox in middle school? <laughs> yes. It's such a fun oh, question. I love that. Um, and so what it's going to be is it is going to be um, a game of 62 questions and they're going to be in three levels of descending vulnerability. And mm-hmm. it's basically going to be, you can go through it all in one night or over the course of a few days, what have you. And it's a really beautiful time where you can gather your friends that are new and old and just ask these like very curious questions about like, how do we care for each other? Do you share when your feelings are hurt? Like, what do you need more of or less of in our friendships to even just begin creating more language around our friendships and yeah, have just more of an authentic connection Mm -hmm. where I find one of the big reasons that friendships are not long-term is that we don't know how to navigate conflict. And so this game really gently introduces some like hot topic questions. 
um, of even naming, like, are there times that you felt left out or like you haven't belonged in this group? Um, mm. just oh, to I begin naming and talking about it, um, so that you can have more sustainable friends. Cause we need them. Like they yeah. literally are this like best, some of the best mm-hmm. parts of life. So yeah. So that will be out August 5th. Uh, um, amazing. which I'm so pumped for. Yes. Uh, amazing. And we'll have the link to your website in the show notes. So when people, when that's live, people can head there to buy it. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, gosh, I feel like this is a conversation I'm like, oh, I still feel like I have a million questions. So we may just have to bring you back for dive. friendship amazing. round two. <laughs> yeah. There's just like so, so much on friendships. And I think I said this before I hit record, but like, as I was thinking like prepping for this episode, I just, I feel like it made me realize more and more like, gosh, there is so much to friendship and it does impact mm-hmm. so much of our life in a, in a great way, but also a like great way. it could in a negative way, depending on like the dynamics of friendships. Um, yeah. So, well, where can people find you if they want to follow along? Oh yes. Uh, they can find me on my website, blakeblankenbeckler.com and they can find me on Instagram at Blake Blankenbeckler and then they can find me on TikTok. Yes, the best yes. one of all. <laughs> yes. The it's best a TikTok one of all. sensation. It's my, uh, it's my secret, my little secret corner yes. of the internet. And that's, yes. I think it's like, I think if you type it like Blankenbeckler, you'll find me. Yes. So there probably about many out there. <laughs> There are not many, just yeah. me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for just taking time for this conversation um, and everything. Gosh, all the wisdom on friendship you shared with us. I think, Thanks for I think people me. are going to walk away from this with a lot of valuable tips. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.